All right, what's up, y'all? Okay, so y'all know that I'm on this short and sweet thing right now. Like, the episodes are short and sweet. It's all 30 minutes, 40 minutes top. I'm not I'm not going to pass 40 minutes. Podcasts be too long sometimes. I listen to podcasts all the time, and I just get so tired when they're so, so long. So I'm just like 30, 35, 40 minutes top. We're on this short and sweet movement. It's teaching me how to be concise. So one day if I end up preaching... I won't be keeping people in church forever, okay? So I want us to I want us to reintroduce Q and A's at the beginning of episodes. I'm gonna read out questions or two at the begin a question or two at the beginning of episodes and just answer them on here because honestly my inbox gets flooded and it's just hard to balance everything. So yeah, today's question is why are millennials so quick to give up on relationships? Back in the day Our parents and our grandparents used to work and stick through anything, but it seems like millennials today are so easy, are so quick to give up. Why do you think that is? Mm -hmm. Wonderful question. Um, I've thought about this so many times. I think I've even talked to God about it a lot of times. I think the reason why millennials are so quick and easy to give up on relationships is because we are lazy. Nobody wants to hear it, but that's who we are. We live in a microwave generation where we want everything quick. We want everything fast. We want everything easy. We don't want to have to work for things. We don't want anything that causes us undue hardship. And that is what marriage is. Marriage relationships, they are created to reveal who you are, to make you better, to make you grow, but they don't come without friction. They, they come with friction. Um, I went to a church this weekend and the pastor was actually preaching this. He was saying, God's promises are, I will bring you to a land of milk and honey. And so every time we get a promise, we expect it to come in the form of milk and honey. But the promise was, I will bring you to a land of milk and honey. But he's just bringing you to the land. The land has milk and honey, but you have to possess it. You have to persevere and you have to make the milk and honey work for you. And that's what relationships and marriage are, right? But the problem is many people just expect milk and honey in the relationship and don't want to do the persevering and the possessing to make it what it should be. Marriage in and of itself is a good thing, but you have to craft it. You have to craft the relationship. It comes with resistance. It comes with issues. It comes with shortcomings, disappointment, pain, heartbreak, vulnerability. There's a whole bunch of stuff that comes with relationships that millennials don't want to do because we are lazy. We are entitled and we want everything done for us. We want it our way and we want it the way we want it now. And if we continue with that mentality, we will never be successful in relationships. So I think that's the reason why... um, People are so quick to give up nowadays because once they see something wrong or once something happens, they're just like, oh, I'm out. They're not willing to work with that person. Not even realizing that as a woman, your role is a helpmate. And this was revelation that God gave me just this week, actually. As a woman, your role is a helpmate. That is not only in the good times. That's helping him through everything. Helping him grow. Helping him be a better man, better father, better Christian. But even in sin. He should be able to come to you and talk to you about his sin and you help him through that, be it through prayer or whatever it is, because that is your role to help. The role to help is not confined to just purpose and vision. It's to help him in every area of his life. That is why he finds favor when he finds you. That is why he leaves his father and mother and cleaves to you because you are his help. And so that is minor revelation that God was talking to me about. Do what you will with it. But in short... (laughs) four minutes the reason why people are so quick to give up on relationships is because it's an us problem millennials are entitled and we're lazy and we need to do a lot better if we want to see ourselves in relationships like our grandparents and our parents had anywho let's get into the episode
Real Talk Nation, what's up? How are you guys doing today on this lovely Wednesday or whatever day you're listening to this podcast? Afternoon, evening, morning, who knows what time you listen. How you doing? How you doing? Are you feeling like a champion? I'm feeling like a champion because I'm from Toronto and as we all know, the Raptors are champions. Shout out to the Raptors. Let's go Raptors. Um, I've only been a Raptors fan for five days, but that's okay. Some people try to shame me for being a Raptors fan for five days, but I am not ashamed because you know what? Bandwagoning is biblical. That's right. I said it. Bandwagoning is biblical. I'll prove it to you. On, in the gospel, when Jesus is hanging from the cross, you know that there's two people that are hanging at his side, two thieves, and one of them decided that he wasn't going to accept Jesus. But the other one, at that last moment when Jesus was on the cross, decided that he would accept Jesus to be his personal savior, to be his personal savior. And what did Christ say? He said, surely he will be with his father in heaven today. Even though he spent his whole life being a thief, at the last and final moment, when Jesus was on the cross about to die, he hopped on the bandwagon and decided to repent. And the Lord let him have it. And therefore, bandwagoning is biblical. So let's go Raptors. Let's go Raptors. I'm a champion. My team is a champion. I'm a Raptors fan for the rest of the summer, for the whole year until the next season. When does the next season of basketball start? I don't, I don't even know. But until it does start, I am a Raptors fan. Okay? Okay. Anywho, how are you guys doing? Are you drinking your water, minding your business, working out, fulfilling purpose, living like Christ, loving like Christ? Are you being tested? Are you being tried? Are you displaying everything you learned in the last season or are you failing miserably? How are you guys doing? What's going on? It is a beautiful day here in the GTA. I am in the GTA right now. I'm not in Ottawa. I am visiting my family, which is amazing. I'm here for the whole month of June, which is also amazing because I'm usually never here for that long, but I'm enjoying fun in the sun, time with family, playing with my dogs, playing with my best friends, not playing, hanging with my best friends and everything else in between that. So I am very, very, very much enjoying my month, enjoying my summer, living good, feeling better. And I just want to know how all of y'all are doing. We should have like a discussion type thing where you guys can like call in or like voice note in how you guys are actually doing so that it could be in the episode, something like that. That would be cool. Anywho, let's get into today's episode. Today's episode is lots of fun. We are in episode two of season four of the Sassy and Safe podcast. For those of you who have never heard my voice before and never heard my crazy analogies that make so much sense, my name is Therese and I'm the host of the Sassy and Safe podcast. Welcome to your new favorite podcast, the Christian Millennial podcast that bridges kingdom and culture and helps us navigate our Christian Christian millennial lives. Okay? Okay. And so today on the podcast, we are talking about relationships. Last week we talked about prayer. This week, relationships. We're all over the place, aren't we? Um, recently in culture on Twitter, I read a thread that um just I don't even know, like the thread just it just it just shocked me. And I also got a question simultaneously around that same time in the anonymous question box that had a lot to do with today's topic. So I figured we'd combine them and we'd make them into an episode. I don't know if I should start with the topic or the thread. I think I'll start with the thread. So basically 
I was reading a thread on Twitter and a thread is a series of tweets for anybody who doesn't have Twitter. I don't know why you don't, but if you don't, um, a thread is a series of tweets. And there was a thread going around about made by a woman where many different women were writing in their stories and basically they were talking about you know that the tired story that so many women have gone through um where basically they are dating a man or they're in a situationship with a man or they're in an unofficial type relationship something they're they're together with a man and they're waiting for him to be quote-unquote ready and during this time, they endured the emotional roller coaster of inconsistency, uncertainty, and everything else in hopes of him eventually getting it together. With these stories, they can either go two ways. Sometimes, after so many years, the man finally gets it together, and he, he comes correct, and the woman gets the man of her dreams. But sometimes, it goes the other way, where the man, after putting the woman through all of that hell, he ends up marrying someone else, leaving the woman scorned and heartbroken. And so in this thread, it was it was a thread of women that were scorned. They didn't get the man of their dreams. There were a few that actually did, but they had to trick him into marrying them. But the, the rest of them, they were scorned because the guy that they were with ended up marrying someone else. And so they found different ways to get back at the man when and they were like crazy ways like crazy like when I say crazy they were crazy like one of them I'll just one of them to you one of them she she um ended up calling the guy and asking for closure and saying that he wants she wanted to meet him or see him one last time and she was gonna cook for him and she cooked for him and then she like put her her period blood like her menstruational like her period blood she used it to cook the food and gave it to him so that he would get sick like when I say crazy like crazy like that so they would do things and the thread just goes on and on about women doing things getting back at men that broke their heart and as I was reading this thread I was so like blown away first of all because the women were doing crazy things if you can find it you should go read it because it's crazy but I was also, but I ended up talking to a friend about it and I was just like, you know, it's, it's so sad that so many women have this same story. They hold down, quote unquote, a man in the name of ride or die, trying to be that woman that can enjoy the most, trying to be that faithful, loyal woman in hopes of getting him. And men, on the flip side, also feel like they're rewarding women by choosing the girl that has endured the most. Choosing the girl that has been there through all of the nonsense. That's the ride or die and that's the one that they're choosing. And so, my friend and I got into a discussion and the debate became, where do you draw the line between a man with potential that's actually not ready and one that's playing you? And from that, we get today's topic. Are men really trash or is your discernment? Let's talk about it. I refuse to believe that this is my fate as a woman. This cannot be it. I was not born to be a trophy wife. I'm talking about growth. It's a measure of me versus me yesterday versus me two days ago. Not a measure of me versus you. We're trying to raise women that understand that they can be classy, they can be beautiful, they can be petty, they can be smart, they can be knowledgeable, they can be independent. We are a new generation of women. We are not conformed or confined by everything that society has placed out for us. We're breaking out of the mold and creating something new for ourselves. We are Sassy and Safe, baby.
Alright guys, alright, so men are trash. Men are trash is the latest phrase. It's been around for what, I want to say one, two, maybe even three years now. Men are trash, men are trash, men are trash. Women everywhere are yelling, men are trash. Men have in the past done some trash things and have some trash behaviors. And so the go-to line for women everywhere is men are trash. Um, I used to be an advocate for men are trash, actually. Um, I used to be a heavily av- heavy advocate for men are trash because men can be trash. Well, women can also be trash, but you gotta ask yourself. Um, since I've grown, because my men are trash days were more in my undergrad and university, but since I've grown, um, I've realized that it's so easy to put the blame on others. And the reason that men are trash is such a prevalent thing is because so many people have the same story. And when many people have the same of a certain type of story, you really got to ask yourself, is it the other party or you? You know what I mean? Like, for example, if everybody, people that don't interact with each other, people that don't know each other, can come and talk a certain way about a person's character, you are more likely to believe the other people than the person themselves. You would feel like there's something wrong with the person if so many people, different people that don't interact with each other, don't know each other, all can say the same thing about that person, then it's not the other people, it's that person, right? I feel like it's the same concept. If every woman, or not every woman, but most women are going through the same type of issue, can we really blame the men? Stop and think about it. Because even though there are some trash behaviors that men exhibit, there are men that don't exhibit those behaviors. Why is it that Sierra can go from a future to a Russell Wilson? And that's just one example. Now we have the whole of the internet asking Sierra what prayer she prayed for her man. How did she go from a quote-unquote man that was trash to a man that isn't? So what changed? Nothing but how she saw herself. Nothing but her standard. Right? And so that leads me to ask the question, which is the title of this episode, are men really trash or is your discernment? I noticed that a lot of women, a lot of times we women, we put up with things that we ought to not put up with for the sake of finding love. As women, it's innate. Loving comes easy to us. And we're all looking for our prince chiming, the perfect guy. And so many times we'll lower our standard so that we can justify being with someone we know may not be the best for us. I say this because I've been there. Um, Most of you guys know my testimony. Those who are not new, for those who are new, I'll give you the quick T-Notes version of it. Um, uh, Undergrad, right? Okay, so this setting the stage in undergrad I was with um a young man that was like two or three years older than me I don't remember two or three years older than me um in a relationship very very toxic toxic relationship like super toxic it was probably my first real relationship 
the other ones were just like you know high school type things not serious but my first like serious serious one but everything about the relationship was toxic and everybody could see it except me of course but even sometimes myself I could see it but I would justify his actions and justify everything just for the sake of maintaining and now that I look back on it, now that I'm saved, now that I really replay everything that I endured, I sit back and I think, wow, Teresa, you were so dumb. But in the moment, it was the only thing that made sense. It seemed like the only option because my heart was so much in it. And that is the story of many young women today, putting themselves in situations or enduring and allowing situations that they know aren't right for them for the sake of a relationship. And then when it doesn't work out in their favor, all of a sudden, all men are trash. This is not to defend men. Of course, some men have very trash and toxic behaviors. But we need to stop pointing the finger at everybody else and start pointing the finger at us and realize what it is, what is it that we are doing wrong? Why is it that we keep attracting the same type of person? Why is it that we keep enduring the same type of pain? What part do we have to play in it? And so today, I'm dragging the ladies by our edges Don't worry, I'll come for the men as well in a different episode, but this episode is strictly for the ladies. So the question becomes, why do we do what we do? Why do we constantly take men back? Why do we constantly allow them to treat us, to mistreat us over and over and over again, knowing that what they're doing isn't right? Why do we constantly make up excuses? Because we see the relationships out there where women aren't dealing with it. We see that there are men out there who are actually willing to do everything that they need to do to treat you right, to honor you, and to love you like Christ loves the church, the biblical way. Yet we constantly make excuses for it and put up with the men that are subpar in the name of he's not ready. How do we differentiate between he's not ready and he's playing me? How do you even know? Now, Now, let me start by saying I do believe that there is a certain level of readiness that a man must be at before he's ready to commit to a woman wholeheartedly. Uh, For a long time, I didn't. I thought it was an excuse for them to mess around. But um, as I grew and as I began to talk to my male friends more and also just really put myself in their shoes, especially for men in the church, men of God, understanding the weight of being a husband and what it means biblically, what it means to Christ and what it means to his church. I understand the fear, the anxiety and the feelings, the weight that comes with committing to a woman. So I understand and I do believe there there is a certain readiness that is needed that a man needs to feel that he is ready to enter into that sacrifice. However, I also understand that that is, often used, that is often used as an excuse for men to fool around and for men to keep a woman wrapped around their finger with no one he has no intention for her. My mother calls them help me to finish my course. And um, she calls them that because basically they use you during their younger years, their university years, to finish their course. (laughs) Once they finish university and they're ready ready to get into the real world and they're ready to actually be married, you're not the one they look for. They use you for the meantime for temporary use, temporary gain, temporary pleasure. 
to um, while away time in university. And so, and so I really wanted to talk about this today because just seeing the thread and seeing the amount of scorned women, women feeling justified at the fact that they were able to get back at men by making them sick and there's many different stories there, beating them up, doing whatever they had to do to get back at men and going the extreme just to sort of vindicate the heartache and the pain they felt because they felt they were betrayed by someone who they thought loved them. It saddened me because why is it that so many young women are being deceived? Like I said, I myself have been in that position where I was deceived, but then of course I'd like to call it that, but when I grew but when I grew older and wiser and looked back, I realized that I was never actually deceived. Because most times in these situations, even though their their words say one thing, their actions say another. Or maybe it's vice versa. Their actions say one thing and their words say another. And though we want so heartily to believe that they're that they are playing us and we are being let on, many times we we carry ourselves and follow them knowing that we shouldn't be. I challenge you, if you can think about one time where you've gotten your heart broken or you've been disappointed, can you honestly say that there were never any signs? A hundred percent that there were no signs that something was off. Can you honestly say that? Think about it. I bet you can't. Deep down, something was wrong. I bet you deep down, something was off. I bet you deep down, there was doubt somewhere, but you pushed it away. But you ignored it and you pushed it away when things went your way. And then you were sad when things didn't. And you spent all this time committed and devoted to someone who really had no intentions with you at all. And then when you got hurt, because your suspicions were right and because the thing that you knew wasn't right to ended up not being right you blame the man saying that he's trash and that he let him and that he led you on but really and truly it was your discernment because God warned you God told you and maybe you don't believe in God and you call it intuition maybe you weren't saved then and you thought it was just a gut feeling all those time it was the Holy Spirit because he doesn't discriminate even if you follow him or not, he will still try to warn you because he loves us. And the Holy Spirit will nudge you and nudge you and make you aware of things that are not right, but you ignore them for hopes of being with someone. Because in reality, all the signs are there. So are men really trash this? Or is it your discernment? Have you ever wanted something so bad at the expense of whatever it took you to get it? Maybe men aren't necessarily trash, but in these situations, we put our will over that of God's. Wait, that's wrong. Sometimes men are trash. They make trash decisions and do trash things. But I can't ever say that we're blindsided. Because it's actually really, really hard to hide your personality. It's really, really, really hard to hide your motive or your agenda. Don't you notice that your mom can always figure out when your friends are playing you? Your mom can always pull out a snake before you can. It's super, super hard to hide your true motive and agenda. No matter how good of an actor you are, it will always slip out some way or another. And even if you're not the one that catches it, your friends, your mom, somebody around you will catch it. But we never want to listen. Why are we so stubborn, y'all? Why are we so stubborn? And then, when we are hurt, then we're scorned, we have trouble forgiving, and we become bitter old women. Not anymore. Not in 2019. I reject it, and I bind it in the name of Jesus. We are going to walk in high and heavy discernment. We are not going to entertain 
dudes that aren't serious. We are not going to entertain people that are inconsistent. We are not going to put ourselves through heartache anymore. Let's stop it. Ladies and maybe gentlemen, because some women do this too. It's better for us to guard our heart and have a person act correct than give him our heart and he later doesn't. The problem is... As women, because we're nurturers, because we're lovers, it's so easy for a woman to love. It's so easy for a woman to love. Like, it's in us. It's much harder for a man to love. So when a man really falls in love, you'll see that he will do anything for a woman. That's when you see the Sierra stories and everybody like that. That's when a man is truly in love. Because it's not easy for them to fall in love. That doesn't come easy to them. It comes easy to us. And on the flip side, respect comes difficult to us. It's very hard for us as women to respect a man. It's easy for us to love them, but it's very hard for us to respect them. And that's why God would command that men should love their wives as Christ loved the church. Because he knows it's a sacrifice. He knows that it's a struggle. He knows that it's difficult for them to love. It's easy for us, so that wasn't our command. It's difficult for them, so that's their command. Because he would need because they will need him being Christ to do it because it's not it doesn't come innate to them loving comes innate to us we don't need Christ to do that a man could walk by talk to you a couple times all of a sudden you're there writing your name with his your your first name his last name putting together your wedding hashtag you got a Pinterest board going on tomorrow we've all been there without even knowing if he has a girlfriend or not because it comes easy for us. And on the flip side, respect comes so hard for us. And so God would tell us to submit. Because for you to be able to submit to a man, you must respect him. So the hardest thing for us to do is what God would call us to do. So the hardest thing, the most difficult thing for us to do is what God will call us to do. So that we would constantly need him in marriage. It's easy for us to love, so that wasn't our command. But it's difficult for men to love, so that was their command. Love your wife like Christ loves the church. They can't do it on their own strength, and so they must go to God to love their wives the way he says. And for us, it's difficult for us to respect. It's hard for us to respect men, especially with all these women empowerment. And I could do bad on myself, lady boss, movements going around. So God will call us to submit because you cannot submit to a man you don't respect. The point is, it's better to guard your heart and have a person come correct and win it and earn it than to give them your heart. And they misuse it. That's why the Bible will tell us, do not awaken love before it's time. Love has to be awakened. It's not something you just give freely. The person that gives his love freely is Jesus. I know we're all striving to be like him, but you know, in this instant, he tells us to guard our heart. Love has to be awakened. That means love is asleep. It has to be awakened by the right person in the right time. And this is where many of us fail. We, we become emotionally attached to people and we awaken love before it's time with people that we are not even joined to in spirit, let alone physical. As men and women of God, we need to understand that guarding our heart is our responsibility. The Bible tells us to guard your heart. The command is not for anybody else. The command is yours. Guard your heart above all else, above everything else, guard your your heart which means that the condition of your heart is no one else's responsibility I, I don't really know why God would say that because I personally think that as men and women of God we should be intentional about 
understanding and loving people and understanding who people are in Christ and being mindful of the fact that people can be affected by the way we act, but it is our responsibility. Guarding your heart, boundaries, all of that is your mandate and not his. The problem with women, because we are lovers, because we are nurturers, because we want to see the best in people, because we think with our hearts, we give intimacy in hopes of commitment. I'm going to say that again. Because we are lovers, because we are nurturers, because we want what we want as women, even men, we give intimacy in hopes of commitment. So we'll open up our hearts and open up ourselves to a man, giving him special treatment, privileges of a husband, holding him down and doing all these things, intimacy in hopes of commitment. We feel like if I can show him that I can do this and be this, if I can show him that I'm a ride or die, if I can show him that I could cook, if I can show him that I'm down for him, if I can show him that I can help him, if I can give him all these intimate parts of myself, be vulnerable, tell him my deepest, darkest secret, let him know everything that's going on in my life, he will commit to me because he will know that I can play the part. But that is wrong. Commitment should precede intimacy, not intimacy precede commitment. You really need to stop and ask yourself, what has this person done to deserve this level of access that I'm giving them. Sometimes it might even be them requesting it, but what have they done to deserve this level of access? What have they done to, re- to, to deserve this level of intimacy? Commitment precedes intimacy. As when you commit to walking with me, to being with me, to growing with me, then you get everything that I have to offer. But if not, You don't. It's the same thing with our relationship with God if you really think about it. There are people right now who are Christians, some who may even be unbelievers, that pray to God. And that is the extent of their relationship with him. They spend about 10 minutes with him daily. Five minutes at the beginning of the day, five minutes at the end of the day. If even that. And they know God. And they have access to him. But they don't know him as intimately as somebody who fasts, as somebody who serves in church, as somebody who spends time in God with God, somebody who he listens for his voice, somebody who studies his word, they will know him at a much more intimate level than the person praying for 10 minutes a day. Even though they're praying daily, there's levels of access and intimacy that differ based on the level of commitment. And I think that is the perfect model for relationships. I always tell people, like anybody that asks me relationship questions, I always say, look at your relationship with God. That is what singleness is about, by the way. Your relationship with God, God is teaching you through singleness how to be married, how to look for the right spouse, what to expect. Everything that we do in singleness, God is teaching us for our married life. But that's a topic for another day. But that's a topic for another day. What I'm trying to say is commitment should precede intimacy and not intimacy commitment. And that's where so many women get it wrong. Intimacy is progressive. 
You cannot meet somebody and give them everything you have to offer. You cannot meet somebody and tell them everything about you. Intimacy is a progressive thing. You know, I've heard some couples even say it wasn't until after they were married that they really, really got to know the other person. Not through courtship, not through friendship, but when they were married. Because when you're married, you live together. That's another level of intimacy that is unlocked. The same thing with your relationship with God. You have all these gifts and talents inside of you. God has a whole process for your life, but he doesn't show you everything you can do on the first day. You may come in and start just reading your Bible, reading your word. You may then discover that you're a teacher of the word. Then maybe you start having dreams and hearing things and seeing visions and find out that, oh, you actually have a prophetic gifting that you didn't even realize you had when you first came to Christ. But as your relationship developed... He began to show you more of himself and in turn reveal more of you to you. Intimacy is progressive, ladies and gentlemen. And the reason why so many women, I'm using women today just because, like I said, I'm, I'm dragging women by the edges today. But the reason why so many people get into relationships and end up hurt is because they don't adhere to these principles. They give intimacy before commitment. They give too much of themselves at the beginning. They fail to recognize the signs. They fail to walk in discernment. We cannot continue to blame other people for our heartache because the Bible said that we should guard our heart. And in knowing that guarding your heart is your mandate, you need to take the necessary steps to create the proper boundaries to ensure that your heart is not affected. Let God deal with the other person, but there's no way that somebody can lead you on if you're not following. Why is it that somebody that you're not interested in can come and spit the same game that somebody you are interested in and get nowhere? Because you create a wall, you create a boundary and a defense against that person because you want nothing to do with them. But the person that you do want you all of a sudden put that wall down. That wall should still be there. They just need to climb on top of it. If they're really clawed to you, they should be able to break that wall down. That is what it means to pursue somebody. Pursuing means I'm trying to attain something that is not in my reach. I used to complain all the time that men of this century, millennial men, they are, they don't like to pursue. Like when I say I used to, I mean like a couple months ago, like this is new revelation that God just gave me. Um, I, I'm always saying, talk to my friends, my Christian friends saying that men don't pursue anymore. Men don't pursue. You hear stories and you hear about those before us and how men really pursued them. Like they did everything they could to get the woman of their dreams. And today we millennials, we complain that men don't pursue, but Really, we fail to understand that pursuit, when you are pursuing something, that means you're trying to attain something that is out of your reach. Can I call you to consider that the reason that men aren't pursuing is because we're not out of their reach. The reason that they're not pursuing us is because they don't have to. We've already given them access. We've already given them intimacy. We've already given them commitment. Even before they've stated their intentions, even before they've made it clear, even before they've given us a vision, a definition, we've given them intimacy, we've given them commitment, we've given them access. So there's nothing left to pursue. So they don't. And then we complain that they don't but what are they pursuing when you've already given him everything he needs 
And that's how you get put on standby. Do you want to talk about it? Because standby is a thing that is, stand, because standby is a thing, first of all. I realize that it's a thing. But the reason why we get put on standby is because we allow ourselves to be on standby. He doesn't need to pursue you because he already has you. And so he'll put you to the side and do what he needs to do until he's ready. Because he knows when he calls, you'll come running. Not in 2019, sis. Sis, cut it out. We gotta cut it out. And sometimes, if you're lucky, he actually wants you and he's just waiting till the appropriate time when he's actually ready. But if you're not, he doesn't even want you. He just wants the benefits and the perks that come with you. He just wants the he just wants the access to you. He just wants to know that he has you on speed dial. He just wants to know that whenever he needs you, he just wants the fact that whenever he needs you or whenever he calls on you, you'll be there. And so he'll go scouting to see if there's anything better, but still keep you around. But if he finds something that he prefers more, connects with more, then all of a sudden he has no use for you anymore. And if for some reason he doesn't, then you become the one that's available and the one that he in turn chooses. But you were never a first choice. So let's stop. Let's stop giving them intimacy. Stop giving them access. Stop giving them parts of yourselves that are reserved for the person that is for you. The Bible says that he that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. You're out here dashing away your favor. You're giving out your favor for free. That favor is reserved for the person that loves you enough and recognizes in you enough the worth to make you his wife. He is the only beneficiary of that favor. Stop auctioning and marketing off your favor. It has value. You have value. We hear all the time that women, you are the prize, but you are actually the prize. Like (laughs) you are actually the prize. The Bible says that he should leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife. He is leaving two people to cleave to you. That means that you as the woman carry the weight of two people. The two people that have nurtured him, that have groomed him, that have grown him, that have made him into the man that he is, that have provided for him. He can now leave them and cling to you because you carry the weight of two individuals. You are the prize, my sister. Sis, you're the prize. And if he and only the person that recognizes that is worthy of the favor that you come with. Anybody that doesn't, doesn't deserve it. If you have to market yourself to someone, then they are not the one for you. Adam was able to recognize on sight, at first glance, who Eve was to him. Bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. If he has to go around and make sure that there's nothing better, if he's still figuring out his options, or if he's not sure, let him be unsure. And maybe he is the one for you. And God will have to open his eyes in due time and let him know. But that is not your responsibility. It is not your responsibility to market yourself before you are chosen. Never beg to be loved. So sisters, I'm calling you to walk in high and heavy level of discernment. Let's dead this whole men are trash movement. It's nasty. It makes us sound bitter. It makes us sound sad. It's disgusting. Not all men are trash. Use your resources. Walk in discernment. Walk in wisdom. Seek counsel. And know, and first and foremost, know who you are in Christ. And don't, and don't let anybody shortchange you. Your flesh will deceive you. Your emotions will deceive you. Your mind will deceive you. It is never your job to make somebody else see your worth. Men aren't trash. Your discernment is. Until next time.
Sassy and Save Baby.